name is Rob and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Do you remember your first serious relationship? Whether it was a high school sweetheart, a college sweetheart, or something totally different, most of us remember our first serious relationship, especially when those relationships don't work out and someone's heart gets broken. Today, in part two of a two-part series, I resume my conversation with Lucas Garza as he shares how he bounced back from earlier battles with depression and suicidal tendencies to the life he now lives with purpose and meaning. And one day, he hopes to use his previous experience to help others who suffer similar challenges. How would you bounce back from your lowest point in life? Listen to my friend Lucas Garza as he shares his story and discover for yourself. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. Eighth grade to be the first time that you um, tested or sampled alcohol. Yeah. Um, what type of impact did that make on you? I mean, it just opened it up, right? Like, yeah. once you do something for the first time, the second time's easier. True. Yeah. Um, and Were your parents aware of it? No. Okay. No, no, clue. no yeah. clue. A lot of the, I don't know if it was uh, so much they weren't aware or turning the blind eye. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sometimes happens. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that's where I would first try it. And then uh, freshman, sophomore year, no problems. I was getting good grades, um, was starting to take those engineering courses, and I loved them. Uh, junior year rolled around that's when I was put into my first serious relationship I also started smoking um, at that time and marijuana mm-hmm. so yep. we're not just talking about nicotine um, so starting to hang around those that environment and immediately I mean my grades plummeted I was struggling to Pass all my classes. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I was doing fine in math and science. I always did fine in. Um, I was getting B's without doing any homework, which says that, you know, red flag, like, why wasn't I in a higher tier class doing homework? Yeah, right. Right. But it was just the environment I was in. And also being in a relationship that wasn't the healthiest. Um, that went on for nearly three years. That uh, it's a long time. Took a toll, and just uh, I guess one of the things that I wanted to touch on was really the importance of holding out for marriage on terms of sexuality, and you know, just you know, exploring those things is uh, at such a young age. You're so vulnerable. You really are. Amen. And so, after I graduated high school, she was a year younger, and uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I uh, this is when I started doubting myself a lot. Um, I uh, wasn't pursuing that engineering route any longer. I did the A plus program, fortunately, so I was able to go to St. Louis Community for two years and kind of figure out where to go from there. But uh, then that first year of college is when we split up and she uh, 
she said you need to just see someone you need to work out this depression that she uh, noticed and going back to childhood I would say it would have been nice to have someone to talk to yeah. about self-worth and confidence um, growing up uh, it's hard to identify that I guess but so um, what do you think about the idea of getting counseling um, there was a time and season in my life where I would have thought that counseling equates with weakness and that you know um, shouldn't do it as a guy as a man uh, and now over the years I've come full circle on that I don't see anything weak whatsoever I think it's necessarily not only to occasionally get counseling but to be a part of like good healthy groups like men's groups or a mentoring relationship um, because I think it's so important to how we develop yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, uh, I viewed it as not, a, not opposed to it yeah. but yeah, I think at that point in my life, I was just open to trying anything yeah. because clearly, did you go? Get, did you actually get counseling? I yeah, I actually ended up going through three different therapists, um, a psychiatrist. I was on meds, and yeah, that was a a blurry couple of years. Mm. And I yeah. think uh, that is really the hardest time for for young adults, though, is figuring out what's the next step in life yeah. you know school's either wrapping up or you're pursuing a route in school yeah. and how to identify what you want to do is it's a hard thing to battle with and uh so you were 19 or 20 when this was taking place it was probably yeah 18 19 okay. is when i yeah. was doing all the therapy um I think uh, it was either 19 or 20 when I made my first attempt on my own life. Yeah. And that's when things really, you know, jump started or like, you know, just put me in a mindset of what's going on. Like, yeah. uh, just talking through what is it about life that doesn't interest me or, you know, why do I feel it's my it's me that should take my life into my hands and not God. Yeah. And this is something I still, that's still like a, it's hard fine line to walk along because, you know, suicide is a, a prevalent thing. Um, especially in young adults. And how do you talk to the families about that and how, where God lies in on that? And how do you believe, God handles those kinds of things and having been through a lot of it I think I think not to say that there's predestination but I think God's plan for everybody is so complex that we're not meant to understand it so if somebody was meant to be taken from this earth at a certain time it's it really is God calling them back to them if they have that relationship with him yeah and uh, um, so take us through that what was it they got to the point where you felt like um, not being around, not living, taking your own life would be a solution or an option to the problems that you have? And why am I here talking to you today as opposed to you not being here? I guess uh, life's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, 
but you can lose sight of that, especially if you start, you know, leaning on drugs and alcohol as a coping mechanism versus just going out and, you know, talking with people, joining groups, looking for interests, finding, you know, a way to uh, just some attachments, some things that excite you. And uh, I guess I just, that excitement kind of disappeared and also not really having discipline in my life. I, I would say that was the, the biggest thing that led to, you know, the depression and it building upon itself is no discipline, just kind of laissez-faire type environment. So what would discipline have looked like to you? At that age, that season of your life, uh, just like a school routine. Take me a, out. I don't an, know. A, a, um, an athletic routine. If I was raising myself, I guess it would have been. Yeah. Uh, Your parents it, pretty much just kind of let you do what you wanted when you wanted because they didn't didn't know how to deal with you at that they age. Were you full, they both worked full time. I'm not knocking them. You know, yeah. they had their hands full. Two other kids as well. Yeah. And. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, they would ask all the time, you know, are you happy? Are you, you know, yeah. but questions like that get blanket answers. Yeah. You know, that's not diving deep. That's not yeah. getting so, to the heart So of who did dive deep with you? How did you get past the point where, like, the drugs and the alcohol, did that make it, the whole idea of suicide, did that make that more palatable for you? Or if you had never done a drug or alcohol in your life, do you think you still would have battled with depression and thought about suicide? That's a good question, I think. And who's to say? I mean, there's no real way of knowing, but I think... What's your instincts? What's your gut? Yeah, I, I definitely think without the drugs and the alcohol, it wouldn't have led... It wouldn't have been as severe, right? Because when I first made an attempt, I was very intoxicated. Um... I took a couple of handfuls of pills that I didn't even know what were going to do to me. Yeah. I had no idea. And thank God I did, though, because, it, you know, I was knocked out. I wasn't able to carry through. And I still don't know. <laughs> it's so funny. I uh, And this is where I, God walked into my life. And this is how I answered it, because... I ended up in bed, which is, you know, I originally walked out into the woods, which is a good, you know, 25, 40 yards walk up multiple steps, you know, a flight of stairs. And I don't remember getting to my bed afterwards whatsoever. I, the last thing I remember uh, was, uh, you know, stumbling through the woods and, uh, then I woke up in a ambulance. And so for me, that was the divine intervention for my life right there is God saying, no, this, this, isn't, this isn't your path. This isn't your route. Stop. So who found you? Um, I think my, it had to be my parents. It had to be my parents. They must have come home. I don't remember where they were. Yeah. But it was, I think it was actually the Muni. They were at the Muni. Ah, and that's wow. where they're, 
Monday night. They're headed to the Muni tonight, too. So it was probably, you know, 11, 11.30, close to midnight. But, yeah, just talk about a surreal experience. And after that, after, you know, spending a few days in a mental health uh, ward, that's when I decided this, you got to do something, man. You got to... This isn't, you know, just seeing the other people there too, just what can I do now to change? So what did you do? What was your next step? I immediately re-enrolled in college, I think. I uh, started up at Missouri Baptist for psychology. And um, this is why mental health is such a, you know, important thing to me. And something I want to explore with. Hopefully later in life, I'm still working out how I'm going to get a master's degree. Trying to put that on Amazon dime, not mine, but (laughs) we'll see. But, uh, yeah, uh, it just, it really is. Happiness is a choice, and that's what I came to decide is nobody in this world can tell you to be happy. Nobody in this world can show you what happiness is. There's no right. There's no wrong. At the end of the day, there's just here we are. There's popular opinions. What's your opinion? And how can you how can you change the people in your direct vicinity, your locus of control? Yep. And so, you know, looking for opportunities with Quarter Life, that was fantastic, of course. I was in a good spot before that, though. Uh, the whole Missouri Baptist, finding the eSports program, that was a blessing of its own. Just finding people who were in college that were also gaming addicts because it is an addiction and I've actually put a lot of thought into maybe starting a program for youth that are going down the same route I was of spending hours on needless entertainment yeah yeah Um, so let's transition Um, you're you've uh, you're going to college now um, tell me about your your college years. It's, you've realized that you kind of want to turn your life around. Did you still battle with um, seasons of feeling like you wanted to resort to uh, suicide, or was that behind you? It's an ongoing problem. I mean, there was a second time where I wanted to make an attempt, and that's when I got a tattoo instead, which isn't you know the healthiest band aid, but better alternative but, than, uh, than the other. Yes. Yeah, and uh, let's see what does your tattoo say. To, okay. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, yeah, uh, I. It's about controlling those thoughts. <clears throat> it's about whenever I start seeing myself get into that rut. It's about saying no, no. It's about saying you have you have so much control over the these actions that. Don't let the devil slip in, you know? And uh, something else I've decided is, I think there's a verse, the an idle mind's the devil's playground. Yep, amen. amen. So yep. engaging in activities, engaging, keeping yourself busy because at the end of the day, God created us to interact with one another. And, you know, if that means just going out to local hot spot and just you know meeting people or if it's about looking at local programs it's whatever it is just find something or talk to somebody and find a group amen 
Find a church. That's the Absolutely. best way. Find a local church. Um, so let's talk about relationships. What does it look like to develop new, healthy friendships during your current season of life? What sort of challenges do you face compared to like when you're back in school? You know, everybody kind of, you know, you're in the same season of life now. That's not necessarily the case. You're, you shared before um, yourself already that, that um, Amazon, that not everybody's necessarily in the same seasonal life as you are. So what's it look like to try to develop new, healthy friendships? Yeah, uh, I think uh, finding the right people that you want to associate yourself with. Like, God bless one of the, uh, so the position I'm in, area manager, one of the my mentor area manager the one i'm working right beside he uh i found out right away he uh very involved with his church element church um with the saint charles campus and so i immediately was like okay let's go i want to hear more about your religious experience i want to hear more about you know how you got turned on to this and he came from a military background so it sounded like this was something he really needed in his life. And I wish everybody had that connection because those are the friendships I want to build on, you know, is the ones that come from a, a position of faith. And that's something, there's a couple other young guys that started with me who I want to try and steer towards. Yeah. You know, don't view this job as just a paycheck. Let's view it as what can we what can we do with our associates? You know, how can we dive into their lives and build faith? And uh, not that I'm going to try and convert everybody into a Christian, but I just want to establish some type of spirituality in, in people. So how are you trying to do that? Um, it's The easiest way is to just say, are you religious? That's what I've found. And uh, being open, always being open, because... Uh, it's the best way to do it. And you guys kind of do things outside of work, which helps to facilitate having conversations like this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've asked a couple, uh, I mean, I've asked a few of my associates too, though, at work, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, as long as you're not, like, coming up to them with, you know, a Bible saying, you need to read this. Not that... I wouldn't want to do that, but there are boundaries. It's a fine line. There are boundaries. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so do you ever contemplate serious dating, relationship, or marriage? And if so, what are the challenges that you face trying to meet or find someone that you'd be interested in dating? For example, do you rely on workplace relationships slash romances, um, church relationships slash romances, online dating, and does technology help or hinder your effort to meet someone? Relationships, uh, it's an ongoing thing for me. Um, I've really taken a step back and have the mindset of it, it'll happen when it, it happens. Um, after that, very broken, very um, sexual relationship in high school, I, I've just been kind of torn since and uh, it, it's hard to build trust after trust has been broken like that so how do you heal after a relationship yeah, like that that's I'm still figuring it out yeah but uh I mean do you do it through um, 
intentional counseling? Do you do it through healthy relationships? Do you do it through your spiritual relationship? Do you do it through... How do you do that? I think it's a lot with just trying a different approach. Uh, you know, what is that approach? What's the different approach? Going into a relationship with no expectations, uh, with no uh, selfish desires, with no just going into it with a mindset of wanting to get to know someone and. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't know if that if this approach will work. I just well, know that's right. You mentioned one thing several times, and that's the uh, the whole idea of. Uh, um, first of all, I think it kind of depends on what your worldview is in it, like sex. Where does sex enter a relationship? Either you trust that God's way for sex, sexuality is best, which God's plan is that we don't express any of our sexuality unless it's involved in a healthy covenant marriage between a male and a female. Um, and you know the world that we live in right now. We live in a very broken, sexually broken world where there are people who who don't understand that. So the part of the pain that you're talking about, the, the stickiness, um, I think if you end up giving that away in relationships too often, it just... Um, it makes it more difficult for future relationships because you still have to sort through, work through that that sexual brokenness, and we that we were never meant to go through. We're only meant to share that with one person. So there still is healing, I think, that needs to take place. Yeah, and that, that's something I'm gonna have to battle with for you know the rest of my life too. Is you know if I do end up meeting someone, is how do we work through you know? Decisions, you know, yeah. past decisions. And uh, do you think you can talk about stuff like that up front with somebody that you're serious about? And not right away, that's for sure. I mean, I think it's important to be honest. I uh, I was actually in a relationship this, you know, towards the beginning of this year where right away, the uh, first thing we did on the first date was I said, hey, let's set some expectations. What are you looking for? I, I you know, I was just honest. I said, I'm not, I don't want to mess around. Yeah. I don't, I'm not interested in that side of things. I'm interested in growing and I'm interested in investing my time in somebody that wants to build a beautiful life together, not just, and she took that very well. I think, uh, I think people respect that too. Is, uh, if you go into, you know, a first date or something like that with a mindset of just hey if you're into just you know a casual thing this isn't gonna work out yeah and uh, we are all on a time frame right so What's the your more time honest frame? you well when you got to be married by <laughs> to try I gotta let you go to before I die I guess <laughs> I don't know but uh, yeah I guess uh, I don't know. I think maybe I put too much stress on it, but that's why I'm also very laid back about it. You know, I, I, I'm just happy and blessed that I am where I am, financially stable and independent, and that's enough for me right now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, there was a few buddies in uh, college that 
I actually said I'm I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous that you know you aren't engaging in these types of things that you yeah. haven't. And one of them's married now. He yeah. actually got married a couple months ago, and I just I see the relationship and I know it's going to be healthy and happy. I mean that's all I've seen. And you know problems will occur, but because they're you know so fresh with one another and it's the only shared experience they have is with one another and so yeah. that's a strong connection that is that's and beautiful i i'm gonna preach that to if i ever have kids i'm gonna preach that so so strongly yeah or you know the best way you can preach it is live it right now as a single man yeah yeah you're right Live a life of sexual integrity, sexual purity, um, trusting and believing that God's way really is best, that any expression of our sexuality, any expression, should be done within the context of a healthy marriage relationship. Um, so would you trust your parents to pick your future spouse? I mean, they're pretty trustworthy, but... Do they know what you're looking for enough in a woman? Do they have good enough judgment where they can? I, I would the next limit it to setting me up on blind dates, I guess. Okay. If they were to do something like that, okay. Fair enough. But yeah. if they're trying to, you know, the very uh, Western approach, or is it, I don't know, very Asian approach of, you know. Eastern culture. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend of mine that worked at MasterCard International for a while. He went back to India. And when he came back, he was married. Huh, yeah. And he definitely married up because his wife was drop dead gorgeous. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. I don't know what to, they had to give away to set up the arrangement, but he definitely came out on the, the good end of the, the deal there. So. Yeah, I'm not too interested in that kind of arrangement process. <clears throat> not that it can't work, yeah. you know, if you have the sexual integrity. And Let me ask you something Do girls still expect guys to pursue them to initiate the first move? I have no idea. And do girls believe that they are the pursuers? I, you know, based off based off my sisters, I would say yes. I would say they definitely... I mean, I think there's something nice about, you know, being pursued. And I think they... Women just... That's what they're looking for, is somebody who knows what they want. Yeah. And then, willing to you know go for it yeah i've got a couple girls coming up that i'm interviewing on the podcast and that's going to be one of the questions that i asked them do they still expect men to pursue them in a healthy way of yeah course. yeah of course um or do women now feel like they're the ones that should be pursuing men and can anybody just swipe left swipe right to happily ever after <laughs> is it just that simple is it just can technology lead you to happily ever after I don't think it hurts to put yourself out there. I think, you know, you're opening up your your revenue or your avenues of uh, of opportunities. But there are a lot of people that view technology as uh, not they don't they don't view you as a person on there. They just view it as a game. It's almost like a game, right? It's not so much a serious type environment. At least from my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what sort of advice 
what you have for 20-somethings or young adults trying to develop new friendships and relationships with the long-term goal of marriage, what would you advise them? Uh, start going to local churches. Just start meeting other young youth groups. And I would say you're going to meet people with a great head on their shoulders. Um, make sure that, you know, work out any mental barriers at the beginning of the relationship. Say, are, you know, make sure everybody's healthy in the relationship. Um, How do you do that? How do you know when somebody's healthy? You just want to sort out if they have any addictions at the moment, if they're uh, going yep. through loss, if they came out of a breakup even. Yeah. Um, because, right. you know, people need time to recover and sort out like why it went wrong, how yeah. it went wrong, and Agreed. what needs to be done differently yeah. before they're ready for yeah. you know, something. So in the relationship that you were in, was your natural tendency or desire was it to immediately find another relationship to get back into? No, no, and uh, okay. Funny enough, talking about that pursuing thing, I was not the pursuer. Uh, she was very bold. Uh, immediately introduced herself to me. Yeah, and so I think maybe maybe it is a mutual route these days um, that anybody kind of dive into anybody's life you know yeah. make that first impression make that first connection but yeah just would you live with somebody before getting married I I know there's a lot of debate about you know you shouldn't but separate rooms I think that's realistic you know I I <laughs> It would be tough, I think. You think so? I do. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I've never um, tried it. Living with somebody in terms of somebody that you were, like, dating and not just, like... Oh, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Definitely, you'd have to put a lot of self-control on this situation. Oh, my gosh. If you yeah. were to move in. Well, yeah. Especially if physical touch is high on your, your love language. That would be tough to live with. I would say not impossible, but impossible. So... Yeah, yeah. It definitely you're opening yourself up for failure. Right. For sexual integrity by right, doing something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens quickly. when you get tired and it's late and yeah, right. So I think that's where I mean we're we're and it's a natural thing to want to God designed us, yeah. right, for our intimate relationships. And we're hardwired. I think the this second only to the instinct for survival is that sexual drive and desire to be close, intimate. Yeah. Let's procreate. If we don't procreate, right, we don't survive as a as a um, as a group of humans. So I think it's the second strongest drive inside of the base. So, and it's a beautiful thing when to celebrate and share it in the right context, right? Um, so let's shift for a minute in terms of relationships. Let's talk about mentors. Um, how important is it to have a mentor or mentors in life these days, and what might that look like? What areas could you benefit from having a mentor in your life? Either career, relational, spiritual, fitness, athletic health. Tell me about mentors. Um, very important. Very, you know, you're not going to get... It, more important than having a mentor is exploring perspectives. And uh, success, su <clears throat> success can be gauged on so many different levels. But um, 
I would say find somebody that's stable, find somebody that, you know, has good leadership, um, and just try and soak in everything and learn. I would say for me, my parents were great. They uh, did a lot for me, but there's a lot that I still had to learn outside of what they had to offer. And mentors can be anywhere. It can be a coach. It can be a teacher. I, I know a big thing for me in college was there was one teacher that I just immediately connected with and spent multiple times a week just after class just talking just yeah. saying you know I this I had this encounter this week or whatever and uh, do you I, still ever talk with that that teacher it's or something that I kick myself in the butt for I need to just send an email out yeah yeah, yeah. but uh about a few months after I graduated, I stopped in and, you know, said hi. So yeah, yeah. Do I'm that. sure he'd probably love to hear from me here. How are you doing and everything? Do that more routinely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here's another thing I've discovered. You would be surprised the power of a simple invitation. If you're willing to go ahead and risk yourself, just stick yourself out there, um, and then not be afraid, like if people say no because life is busy and hectic or whatever, it's just not the right. But you would be surprised, the power of an invitation. Yeah. I'll just I, leave it at that. I would agree immensely with that, yeah. Um, so let's talk about your faith walk. Um, share your story in terms of your personal faith journey. That is how you got to, uh, from where you were back when you were a kid to where you are now as an adult. What was the turning point or key moment in your faith? Or has there been? Maybe there hasn't been. There, there's never really been a doubt in my mind about you know Christ and um, my Creator. And you can call it God. You can call it Allah. You can call it whatever you want. But I think uh, there's just that that one rock. That one. I know that there's an entity out there. I've, always had that faith and because it's been unwavering I think that's where you know depression was easy to for me to just run run with and be like okay well if there is no unforgivable sin you know, why don't I just go be with my my creator right and did you ever ask God other questions when you're going through your depression, thinking about suicide, like, why am I experiencing this? Did yeah. you ever blame God for it? Like, why, why are you letting me go through this? You love me so much. Why am I going through this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, surprisingly, not really. I mean, there would be times where I'd be like, you know, asking, what is my purpose? Why, yeah. Yeah, it's always wise. It's always a lot of wise, right? There's answers are ambiguous and you know answers have to be you have to seek them um, and yeah it was just a tough thing tough thing to go through as a young adult 
Um, but having unwavering faith definitely doesn't hurt. So you were born and raised uh, Christian UCC United Church of Christ. Okay. Um, and then I guess I pulled away, you know, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, once I had more freedom, more decision making on my own, and it wasn't until I started back at or started back up at college at Missouri Baptist that I started going to their weekly chapels. Mm. And uh, so, what were their weekly chapel services like? Um, just well, first of all, just being surrounded by young people <laughs> that wanted to, you know, talk about God. <laughs> That was something awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. that is beautiful. That is beautiful. But, uh, I love young people. So. It was good. It was, uh, the pastor was great. Uh, they brought in a lot of uh, just local pastors, too. I know they had a yeah. couple from the city. I'm blanking on names, but you know, they really just wanted to expose you to different environments. Yeah. And so was the, the chapel, was it a non-denominational experience then? Did they bring in? I mean, they were Baptists, but... Oh, I guess that makes sense, Missouri Baptist. <laughs> right, yeah. but okay. you know, I growing up through life, I've you're you're either Christian or you're not is what I've kind of come to decide. I don't even know. This sounds this is gonna sound horrible. I don't even know what a Baptist differentiates right. between <laughs> denominationally. I, I couldn't tell you specifically what they stand for. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'll even go to one step beyond that. You're either a Christ follower. Or not you either trust Jesus Christ really is who he says he was that's God made flesh and yeah. that he really did die on the cross for us you either trust and accept and believe that or you don't and so to me that's kind of the ultimate question that people have to wrestle and struggle with we live in a world where there's hundreds of different ways that you can worship you know gods with little G's um, Ultimately, what are you going to do with this question in terms of who is Jesus? Either you believe he was the Son of God or you don't. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on that? I wholeheartedly, Jesus Christ, I mean, there's a reason I'm going to find myself in heaven with, you know, How do we fellow peers. Uh, you know, accept Christ into your heart, you know, uh, that life was the way i see it is life is an unconscious decision right you're put into this world and you just gotta run with it and uh that's a very difficult thing you know words can't even sum up what life is and it's still on very unfathomable to even comprehend i mean we're not as humans we were meant to comprehend it anyway uh, creation if you're the really if you're a one and zero type person none of this should even be possible right the fact that something came from nothing I mean that's proof of God right there for me and uh, yeah so just knowing that I've been given this gift I think you just gotta accept it and we're talking about the love languages, you know, receiving, you know, gifts, and it's the greatest gift you could ever get. Amen. So, yep. Um, so, how do you think God expresses His love language to you? How do you receive God's love to where it resonates with you the most? And how do you demonstrate or share your love for God the most? 
I prayer is probably the biggest for me. Okay. Um, and what's prayer look like these days? It's you know when someone asks you like how do you pray? Yeah. It's really just conversation. Uh, at least for me, um, you know, growing up it was like oh I do this at dinner, I do this before I fall asleep, but as I've grown it's simple things like when I was driving over here I was you know just thinking to myself like hey God would you just would you just uh, help me portray the things that I you know the thoughts that I want to help people with and so I didn't you know fold my hands and say dear God it's really just casual thing and I think that's the best relationship you can have with God is just always have him you know in the back or it should really be in the forefront of your mind yeah. but just having in the back of your head saying like take tackling every situation um, with a God mentality and uh, you know asking asking for guidance is the biggest thing it's just no matter what just say God I don't know why this is happening I don't know how this happened but help me move forward so for those who trust and believe the Bible, Scripture is God-breathed. Um, and Scripture says that if you ask for wisdom and discernment, that God will give it to you generously. So I think that's a great prayer, to pray for wisdom and discernment. Um, so how has your faith played a part in your journey? During the highs and the lows, and even currently now, how has your faith played a part in that? If I didn't have God, if I wasn't raised with God in my, you know, in my heart, I strongly believe that I would not be here. Yeah. I, I strongly believe that. Yeah. Um, there's just so much you can learn. Whether you choose to accept Christ or not, there is so much you can learn from the Bible, from a moral standpoint, from an ethical standpoint. And, yeah, I... I think it's played a huge part in just keeping me going. So where do you feel that God is calling you now and in the future? Or do you sense him nudging you, moving you, prompting you? I think... Do you sense God's direction in your life? Very much so. I think the connections I've made with you and, you know, a couple of the places, you know, we've been volunteering at, I think... It's setting me up for for a lot of success and community involvement in the years to come. Um, whether that be, you know, like I said, implementing something with Amazon and trying to set up the local volunteer program for them, or just uh, working with Element Church and their young group and bringing them out. Yeah, um, I know. That's something they said the St. Charles campus was needing some help with. Yeah. And they've got an event coming up in September. So if I can, you know, start working out a program for them, um, they're aiming for like 100 youth uh, at that event. So maybe I can get a list you know, yeah. going saying, yeah. would you be interested in helping out? Yeah. And now I just got to figure out where I'm going to, you know, put them. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, that's good. That's so, awesome. I think God is very much involved with where I'm at yeah. right now. Um, so let's revisit today in your current season of life. 
what's most important to you in 2021? What are you most grateful for these days? Either family, friends, um, athletics, God, career, health, peace of mind. What are you grateful for? Um, probably just independent stability. I've this is the first year that I've lived on my own, um, and I not once have I doubted the decision. And it's been a smooth transition. It's been an ex, you know very exciting transition. So I guess that's what I'm most grateful for this out of this year right now. Yeah. Um, so what do you think are the biggest challenges that you face in life today? Again, it could be health, relationships. You're probably too young to be thinking about retirement. Maybe not. <laughs> Spirituality, purpose in life. You've kind of hinted to this fact that you'd like to figure out how to get like a master's to MOBAP and maybe go into counseling or psychology or psychiatry. So yeah, what's your biggest I, uh, challenge? I think uh, probably the relationship side of things just because... I am very broken on that side of things. I mean, I I see myself wanting a family, um, but that's much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes a lot of work and commitment, and so I would say that's probably my largest, my biggest struggle. Um, the master's program that is something I got to work out in my own time, figuring out, you know, how can I get certified and maybe. Maybe it's as simple as just doing something like life coaching, you know, yeah. just extending that to people um, and just getting hours in, really. Yeah. I think if I showed up to university with, you know, telling them I've been spending this past year working with people on my own, that, you know, that might open doors. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so in terms of relationship, who has the healthiest marriage or relationship that you know of? Who actually models something that you would like, you think oh, yourself, geez. you know what, I'd, I'd like to have that one these days. Oh, that's a, I guess uh, my, you know, the AM, the manager I'm working right besides right now, uh, they just had a baby. Yeah. And, you know, from what I've seen between the two is, yeah. It's just a very uniting yeah. type environment, and it, you know, it's just beautiful to be around them when yeah. they have their baby, and they're just, I mean, not to say that the baby, you know, is why their relationship yeah. is successful, but just, uh, he's always just mentioning little things about like, oh, um, gotta do this with, you know, Haley's wife. He's just always, it's never a bad thing. Like, even though it sounds like a chore or a task, he takes it as, there's just, you know, there's just that certain energy about him where he's like yeah. excited, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I had a workout partner who was uh, one of my heroes in life because one of the things that he always said, he was a um, true blue union guy. So he was rough and gruff and could talk just as, when he was around the guys, just as vulgar as, you know, the best of them. But he always spoke glowingly about his wife, genuinely, sincerely. And it's just something that I always admire and respect about him. Brad Kohler. Brad March Kohler. Yeah, I always, always respect that about Brad. So he is one of my quiet, private heroes in life just because of the way he, he conducted himself. 
as a quote-unquote man's man, yet also as a caring, loving husband. And they also had, I think, three or four kids, so he'd, uh, he'd been tested by fire, being a, a father. Yeah. Um, so what's on your bucket list of things that you have to accomplish, see, explore sometime in your life? I mean, you're, you're, on the, you're a youngster here, in, in my terms. Um, <laughs> so you've got your whole life ahead of you now. It could either be trips, it could be something relational. Like maybe there's somebody early in life that you feel like you, wanna, you need to forgive. It can be a conquest. You kind of mentioned the whole idea of charity and ministry type stuff. It could be something you want to prove to yourself, start a business, drop five pounds. Maybe you want to start a podcast. You're never too old to start a podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> Speaking from experience. But, uh, yes. Yeah, a uh, big thing for me is I've always been interested in getting published. Ah, um, cool. So... What type of, would it be fiction, science fiction? I think uh, I would start with organizing. I write a lot of poems and poetry. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So I think organizing that, pulling out you know the pieces that I think are maybe just finding ones that are similar yeah. and starting there. Cool. But that that's kind of one of those, wow, you need to just... Just do it. Just send it off to a publisher. Just send it off to somewhere. Just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's the biggest thing. Another thing, um, I am going to be performing a ceremony for a couple friends here in October for them to get married. Cool. Um, not that I'm wedding you know, efficient. An expert theologian. Yeah. But uh, I think there's somebody for everybody in a certain situation and because i know they're not super religious yeah i might just be the perfect person for no. for them and yeah. you know i've spoken to a couple of churches a couple you know pastors and it, they really kind of frowned upon what i was doing mm-hmm. which to me i was kind of you know kind of disappointed to hear that because Jesus would have never turned away anybody. And here I was reaching out to them, trying to get advice, trying to, you know, they asked me. This wasn't a me trying to, you know, take up your space. This is a couple friends that I'm very intimate with wanting something intimate. Yeah. And you're never, they. that's something that, you know, these pastors couldn't provide to them because I, they didn't grow up with these two. They, it, it wouldn't be the same comfortability of the situation and so so what's required to be able to be a married people you can go to the courthouse and you know just get some papers five witnesses i think um and have a ceremony i mean you don't even have to have a ceremony technically yeah yeah by law at least yeah Um, i mean the, the more i've thought about it the whole the whole marriage process um, you know, you can dive into the, the Bible, but what did humans do before the Bible? You know, um, it really was just a connection uh, between two people. And there's no right or wrong way, I don't think. I think, yeah, I, mean, I don't there, know. There so learning, learning more about that. Yeah. yeah. So there haven't been mother-in-laws, father-in-laws for all eternity? 
<laughs> yeah. That's up in there. I mean, that's at a... You'll have to, that's one of those things you have to atone for when you get up there, you know? Yeah. Um, so is there anybody in life right now that you still need to forgive, that you still cling to a grudge or an old wound, maybe with an old friend that is not healed? I think uh, the biggest one, I mean, there's always those, you know, there's a couple things where I've thought, you know, I treated this person unkindly in life. And it wasn't even a huge thing, you know. Yeah. But you don't know how things stick with people. And you never know how just sending a message out, how somebody might take that. And there's a couple that I should, you know, reach out. And uh, there was one person that I did message. I was like, hey, can we grab coffee sometime? I just want to work through some things and I you know I was trying to be open and I got a very just uh, kind of like a hit or miss type, just a maybe type answer from them and yeah. I shouldn't have left it at that it was like it was just like a yeah if I've got time I'll let you know and so I should have pressed back maybe a week later and especially with uh, that first relationship that I was seriously committed to it's something else I've wanted to just reach back and say hey here's where we're at I just want to see how you're doing you know mentally and let's just if there's anything you need to work through still yeah then yeah. maybe maybe doing that yeah. Other than that, I, I I like to think that I haven't been a horrible pe- person to people throughout life. But I mean, it's easy to just accidentally trip on your words and say say the wrong thing. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few things I'd like to touch back on. So as we begin to wind down, I'm gonna get your final thoughts. Again, you're kind of early in life but what do you want your legacy to be or have you thought that far down the road yet legacies terrify me i think uh i would love to be known as somebody who was welcoming supportive uh open arms type person and now it's just about how do i get there right Obviously, I want to be remembered as a Christ follower, and yeah, now it's just about building it. Yeah, yep. So, what sort of advice or encouragement would you have for others who are in a similar season of life that you're in right now, or who have experienced some of the same challenges that you've faced in life? Um, do you ever? doubting yourself you know seek like we talked about mentors seek a mentor or just seek somebody you can trust or maybe even just seek a third party sometimes it's somebody who doesn't know you that can be the most supportive person for you and just never just put something on the back burner because it's easy um the sooner you nip something in the butt the 
easier it's going to be taken care of. This, you know, that anxiety is going to disappear sooner. And uh, you just don't want to leave things weighing on you. That's what yeah. I've come to learn. And, you know, treat your relationships with respect. Um, don't go into things selfishly. Don't. It's not about. Uh, one, something a professor told to me that I absolutely loved and still love to just think about is it's not about what you can do for the other person or it's not about the, what the other person can do for you it's about what you can do for that amen, amen. and uh, that just applies so much in life yeah yeah I agree lastly what would you want to say to either the person or people that you love the most in life what would you want to say? Thank you. Thank you for, you know, it really is just gratitude. Uh, you know, expressing that love. So that's a, you know, that's a hard thing. I I definitely don't say I love you enough. So maybe even just saying I love you. I, that's a wonderful thing to say. Genuine, I say yes, I love you. I love you, I love you. No, that's great. Yeah. All right, um, Lucas, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing your story with both me and our listeners today. It's been great. Um, to all of our listeners out in Podville, I appreciate each and every one of you. To a very special friend of mine, I love you dearly. And until we meet again, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Real Friends.